You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast. Please enjoy today's show, hosted by Pastors Matt and Jessica Stahlbaum. All right, let's jump into the chapter. Uh, We're in John chapter 18. And it is not that long. Read it all. You got it? It's only 80 verses. Oh my gosh, no problem. All right, John chapter 18. Having said these things, Jesus left with his disciples and went across the ravine of the Kidron. There was a garden there which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who was betraying him, knew the place because Jesus had often met there with his disciples. So Judas, having obtained the Roman cohort and some officers from the high priests and Pharisees, came there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing all that was about to happen to him, went to them and asked, whom do you want? They answered him, Jesus the Nazarene. Jesus said, I am he. And Judas, who was betraying him, was also standing with them. When Jesus said, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Again, he asked them, whom do you want? And they said, Jesus the Nazarene. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. So if you want me, let these men go on their way. This was to fulfill and verify the words he had spoken. Of those whom you have given me, I have not lost even one. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, put the sword back in its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup which my father has given me? So the cohort and their commander and the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him and led him to Annas first, for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was high priest that year. It was Caiaphas who had advised the Jews that it was expedient for one man to die on behalf of the people. Simon Peter and another disciple were following Jesus. Now that disciple was known to the high priest, so he went with Jesus into the courtyard of the residence of the high priest. But Peter was standing outside at the door. So the other disciple, John, who was known to the high priest, went out and spoke to the doorkeeper and brought Peter inside. Then the servant girl who kept the door said to Peter, you are not one of the man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Now the servants and officers had made a fire of coals because it was cold and they were standing and warming themselves and Peter was with them standing and warming himself. Then the high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and about his teaching. Jesus answered him, I have spoken openly to the world. I always taught in a synagogue and in the temple area where all the Jews habitually congregate, and I said nothing in secret. Why question me? Question those who have heard what I said to them. They know what I said. But when he said this, one of the officers who was standing nearby struck Jesus in the face, saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus replied, If I have said anything wrong, make a formal statement about the wrong. But if I spoke properly, why did you strike me? So Annas sent him bound to Caiaphas the high priest. So Simon Peter was, now Simon Peter was still standing and warming himself. So they said to him, you're not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the high priest's servants, a relative of the one whose ear Peter cut off said, did I not see you with him in the garden? So Peter denied it again and immediately a rooster crowed. Then the Jews led Jesus from Caiaphas to the Praetorium, governor's palace. Now it was early and the Jews did not enter the Praetorium so that they would not be ceremonially unclean, but might be able to eat and participate in the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which began after the Passover supper. So Pilate came out to them and asked, what accusation do you bring against this man? They answered, if he were not a criminal, we would not have handed him over to you for judgment. Then Pilate said to them, take him yourselves and judge him according to your own law. The Jews said, we're not permitted to put anyone to death. This was to fulfill the word which Jesus had spoken to indicate by what manner of death he was going to die. So Pilate went into the praetorium again and called Jesus and asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus replied, are you saying this on your own initiative or did others tell you about me? Pilate answered, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own people and their chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done that's worthy of death? Jesus replied, my kingdom is not of this world, nor does it have its origin in this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would be fighting hard to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this world. 
So Pilate said to him, then you are a king? Jesus answered, you say correctly, I am a king. That is why I was born. And for this, I have come into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth, who is a friend of the truth and belongs to the truth, hears and listens carefully to my voice. Pilate said to him scornfully, what is truth? And when he said this, he went out to the Jews again and told them, I find no guilt in him, no crime, no cause for an accusation. But you have a custom that I release someone for you at the Passover. So shall I release for you the king of the Jews? Then they all shouted back again, not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Amen. Uh, man. man, what a chapter. Uh, did you want to start or do you want me to no, start? You can. So as I was looking through this chapter... Um, I, I just began to look at the different type of, types of people Jesus encountered. And, uh, and I looked, and I was looking at the sin in their life, and I was looking at the type of, of sin that they were committing. And it was just, for some reason, it really just struck, struck me. Um, it started with Judas, that Judas was a betrayer. And then I began to go to the high priest, and he was a questioner. And he was skeptical, and he didn't believe in Jesus, but he was also um, an antagonizer, right? And he was driving against Jesus. And then I look at Peter, and I, I see that he was a denier. He followed the Lord. He loved Jesus, spent three years with him, and then couldn't stand for him in the end. You get through all the way through that, you see Barabbas. He was really a murderer. Uh, he was a rebel. And each of these people, uh, they just had, I would say, something so different going on in their life. And I think it would be easy for each one of us to maybe relate to one of these uh, types of quote-unquote sinners, mm -hmm. but we might look at the other one and go, wow, <laughs> look at that person, mm -hmm. look what they did, you know, like, and we'd almost want to look down on them or... And, and I, I know that's happening in our world today. I know that it's easy for us to think about the sin in our own life and kind of dismiss it in, in opportunities and look down on other people. Or sometimes the inverse happens where the sin in our own life, we, we think there's no way the Lord could forgive us. There's no way that God could work us through this problem. And unfortunately, you see Judas, that's where he got to in his life, that he, he couldn't see his sin being forgiven, where ultimately he... Uh, he killed himself. That's where that, that led him. But I look through all of this and I get all the way to Barabbas. And Barabbas, literally, the Bible says that he, Jesus took his place. Like he took his place physically. Barabbas was going to be crucified. He was going to be killed on the cross for his rebellion, for his murderous activity. He was considered, he led like a rebellious charge against Rome and all this stuff. And they killed a lot of people. And he has literally already been sentenced. He's already he's already guilty. He's he's ready to be thrown on the cross and killed and tortured to death. And Jesus comes in and takes his place. And so I just wanted to kind of address this thought that, um, and and I'll even go to say this that there were soldiers in the next chapter that brutally attacked Jesus. Then there's two thieves on the cross, and one thief basically uh, mocks Jesus and and is if you are the Son of God you know, then save yourself, save us, save me, save him. You're not, you're a piece of trash. And the other one looks at Jesus and says, wow, you are a king. Mm. In fact, when I die, will you receive me into your kingdom? 
and he was saved. Peter was saved. There were, there were soldiers that acknowledged Jesus, like literally soldiers that said, this, was, this must have been the Christ. There's no way. I mean, people began to receive Jesus. And in fact, I, I kind of go back to that. Some of the soldiers, when they were going to arrest Jesus and he spoke and they fell down mm-hmm. on the ground, um, there, were, there were these different types of people that had these ah, aha moments where they fell to the ground, where they, Peter eventually came back to Christ. But then there were people that never followed him. And really, I think what it all, all it comes down to is coming back to the Lord and saying, you are my king, you are my Lord, you are my savior. And in that position, that's where you walk in the forgiveness. You walk in the mercy, you walk in the grace, you walk in the joy. And when you stop judging other people worse than you and saying, oh, they're evil, they're evil, they're evil, you know, and, and I'm not, I couldn't do nothing wrong. Or my, my little issues over here, they're no big deal. Mm-hmm. It's just, it doesn't work that way. You need to receive the same mercy. And the Bible even says, forgive others and you'll be forgiven. Like release others from that strangle of, of judgment that you're giving them and that you're saying you're lesser than me. You know, you're, you're, you're more evil than I am. And instead of saying, you know what, I'm capable of the same things. If I was in the same circumstances, I, I'm capable of the same things. Mm-hmm. I may have not made the same decisions as you. I may have not had the same experiences as you, but it's possible I'd be capable of the same exact things. That's uh, that's kind of what I got today when I read this. That's really good. I think talking about each individual person as a person helps us um, personalize this story. When you're, I, I felt so much emotion as I was reading this to kind of put myself in Judas's shoes. Like he got to this point of no return. Like he literally was so, whether it was greed or whatever, pride, whatever it was that led him to this place to betray Jesus. And then to get to the point of, like you said, not feeling like he could ever be forgiven Mm -hmm. to the point where he took his own life. And I think about Peter who denied Jesus three times and he was probably filled with like so much shame and guilt and condemnation, yet he took a different path. Like he recognized that he could be forgiven and he was restored and redeemed even better than before. And I wonder if Judas could have done that, like what a different story he would have had, like how, what a different legacy he would have had. Like, yeah, it's just, it's crazy to think about the actual, that these are actual people. Like when you read your Bible, they're not just stories. They're real life people with real life emotions. And to think about Peter being accused or questioned, like, weren't you there with him? Weren't you there with him? And when he said, think about that feeling in his heart when he lied and he said, no, I was not. Like, oh my gosh. It's when you read the word and really like it comes alive if you think about it as in this actually happened because it did. Um, I it, It's interesting when you've been to Israel, I think it, comes alive even a little more in a different way geographically, because when it says here, uh, Jesus left with his disciples and went across the ravine of the Kidron. That's the Kidron Valley. And Matt and I were there a few years ago, and we were standing on the Mount of Olives looking into Jerusalem, and that Kidron Valley in between was the place where they walked. And we walked down that really, really steep hill into where they believe. And again, it's the right geographical location, all the historical sites aren't 100% accurate. And they always say that, like your guide is like, this is where they believe this was. This is where they believe the Garden of Gethsemane was. And it's within a rock's throw. Some they know is exact. Some they're like, we're pretty sure. And others are like, "Eh, it's probably between these two locations. And then others are like, we don't know. But you're standing within- In the country. (laughs) Hundreds of feet from the spot it probably is. Exactly. But just to be able to like- 
see that in my mind's eye is, is pretty that amazing. Is we were standing there looking and all the graves yes. leading? What gate was that? The Western Gate? I don't remember. The Gate of Judah? It was the remember. gate that the Jesus... The Lion's Gate, the Judah? The Lion's Gate. Yeah. The, the gate that Jesus um, is said to, to walk, walk in. through. Yeah. And here's the crazy thing about that is they, they uh, believe so much that Jesus is going to walk through this gate that um, they put... Uh, their enemies put uh, tombstones and, and graves in front, like uh, with the Muslims when they're fighting the Jews, they put actual um, tombs in front of that gate mm-hmm. because Jews won't walk through a graveyard. Mm-hmm. And they believe so much so in this that they literally tombed up that gate. Yeah. So like Jesus, quote unquote, wouldn't walk through that graveyard. But I got bad news. Jesus ain't afraid of tombs because he rises from the dead. Amen. He's coming anyway. And people are actually moving back to Jerusalem because Jews believe that they're waiting for their, you know, the return of the Messiah. They're moving to Jerusalem right now mm-hmm. because they're waiting for the return of the Messiah. And these are mm-hmm. Jews who don't believe in Jesus. And um, really, I think it's they're, they're really waiting for that second coming. They don't yeah. even realize it. Yeah. They're waiting crazy? for the first that's going to be the second. It would be like, you know, tombing up like the White House because we think, you know, some, you know, uh, Abraham Lincoln's coming back yeah. or something. That's pretty wild. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty It's intense. pretty wild to be there. And the just the, not just decades, not just hundreds of years, thousands of years mm-hmm. of history is there. It's incredible. Um, verse 9 says, this was to fulfill and verify the words he had spoken. Of those whom you have given me, I have not lost even one. When I read that, term not lost even one. I thought about this song by Matt Redman and it's called Never Once. And if you have not heard it, you probably have heard it and you didn't realize it. I shared this right before we recorded the Flourish Conference. I shared this with the team and um, I was like, have you guys ever heard of this song? And so when they were like, no. And then I sent it to one of our worship leaders and she's like, I've totally heard this song. I've just never thought about the lyrics. So go listen to this song, Never Once by Matt Redman and like read the lyrics while you're listening to it. He says, Never once have I ever walked alone. Never once have you left me on my own. You are faithful, God. You are faithful. And it just talks about never once have we been taken out of the palm of God's hand. He is all, no matter what we have gone through, no matter what hardships, no matter what is happening in your life right now, your feelings lie to you. Never once have you been far from God. Never once has he been far from you. Mm-hmm. It's only our feelings that make us feel like despondent or despair. And I heard something today, it was like frustration. If you let frustration go, it always turns into despair. And so you need to give that to God, that frustration, whatever it is about, like don't let it turn into something that the enemy can use to make you feel like you're far from God. Never once have you ever walked alone, no matter what you feel like, never once has he been far from you. So I just thought that was a great example. And I love that song. I love it. It's such a good song. What else stood out to you? Um, Really nothing, honestly. That was that it. was your theme. Yeah. Wow. Okay, you got, I got tons of stuff. I know you do. That's I what I'm saying. Nothing because I'm looking at ten pages of notes. Over oh, here. whatever. So verse twenty three says, Jesus replied, "If I have said anything wrong, make a formal statement about the wrong. But if I spoke properly, why did you strike me?" Jesus was so bold and so smart and so brave and courageous, and he didn't let anyone get away with anything. But yet he was so he was so direct. And he could just go through all of the stuff. But also polite. But so kind and polite. And I just think, I want to be like Jesus. You are like Jesus. <laughs> I just want to be like that. I want to be able to be go direct. To yeah, go, go right heart. to the heart. He would just strike right to the heart. And he would 
also not, he would not mince words, but he also didn't use words as a weapon. Mm -hmm. He was very careful with his words. And so I just, I think he's such, obviously he's such a good example for us. And there's so much more in this chapter, but it's been awesome being with you. And we can't wait to be with you again next week. We're actually going to be in Ruth chapter one Mm -hmm. next Monday, but please join us again. um, Our other hosts for Morning Breaths uh, tomorrow for John 19. That's right. See you later. You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast from East Coast Christian Center. Please enjoy a word from our sponsors. At East Coast Christian Center, we are building a life-giving church that lasts. We are one church in many locations with campuses in Merritt Island, Vieira, Coco, and an online campus that you can attend from anywhere. Here at East Coast, we value each generation and work hard to ensure that no matter what age or stage of life you're in, there's a place for you in our family. You weren't meant to do life alone, so come and find your church home with us. You can plan your visit or get more information online at eccc.us. Barfield Contracting and Associates is a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. They are located in Cocoa Village, but service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. They also offer military and senior discounts and free estimates and appreciate every opportunity they are given. 321-454-4531. That's 321-454-4531. Barfield Contracting, treating you like family. The world desperately needs strong, faithful, and equipped believers ready for battle right now. ECCU provides high-quality instruction at a fraction of the cost of other Christian universities. At ECCU, you will learn who you are, whose you are, and know how to practically exercise the tools God gave you. We offer associates, bachelors, masters, and doctoral programs in theology and Christian ministry. Our number is 321-452-1060. That's 321-452-1060. Extension 102. Find more information at eccuequipped.com. Are you a young adult between the ages of 18 and 29, seeking community and an opportunity to press into the Word of God on a deeper level? Join us at Mezzanine, Sunday nights at 7. Experience powerful and impacting messages alongside like-minded individuals that are passionate about pursuing the heart of God. Visit mezzanine.church to get plugged in. Hi, I'm Scott Langston. I'm a broker associate who has specialized in commercial real estate for the past 27 years. I sell real estate for Remax Elite. I give free broker price opinions to anyone selling real estate. If you are looking to buy or lease real estate, I will represent you at no cost to you. My phone number is 321-403-1111. My website is scottlangston.com. Go out and make it a great day. Pineapple Garden Assisted Living and Memory Care Community, located in Rockledge. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff, making sure you or your loved one is safe and secure. Find them online at pineapplegarden.com. For over 30 years, CB Plumbing has been a family-owned and operated business that is dedicated and proud to serve the Brevard County community. CB Plumbing offers both drain and sewer line cleaning for commercial and residential. CB Plumbing for all your plumbing needs. 321-783-6000. That's 321-783-6000. Customer satisfaction is their guarantee. 
We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Morning Breath podcast. If you did, we would love for you to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend. To follow along with our daily chapter list and for quick access to East Coast podcasts, events, and more, download the East Coast app. It's the best way to stay connected with everything East Coast. We would also love for you to join our online community. Just search for East Coast Christian Center on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening to the Morning Breath podcast.